0: Tonight is study number 33 of Revelation chapter 13. We're going to be reading verses 16 and 17. Revelation 13, beginning in verse 16. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And I'll stop reading there. And uh, we saw in our last study that the image of the beast was given spirit. It had the ability to speak. And whoever would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And we saw that the spiritual equivalent to killing is to be driven out of the church. And, and that was the characteristic of much of the period of the Great Tribulation. The Lord's people were being driven out of the congregations by the doctrines of the church, um, sometimes directly where they would be asked to leave or or asked to continue their search for a church more to their liking. Or even the end of the church age is the fault of uh, those within the churches and congregations due to a failure to obey God's commandments, to remove the high places when God came to visit to see if after giving nearly 2,000 years of space that the church had repented and returned to its first love. They had not, and, and therefore God ended the church age, began judgment at the house of God, And finally, he opened up that information to his people and included in that was the command to to depart out, to leave the church and go out into the world as an individual worshiping God individually or with your family. And uh, uh, basically, it's the image of the beast. It is the fact that Satan was established within the church and God's Spirit left and and all these things combined that caused the people of God to finally, and mass in total, go out of the church and be killed in that sense. And so that's the situation that the Lord's people presently find themselves in, being outside of the church continuing to worship god in spirit and truth uh, the the child of god with the word of god and uh, no organized church at all no membership no responsibility no gathering at all with the corporate body but but perhaps with family perhaps with some friends or with a few other people without um, all the trappings of a church, no church authority, no water baptism, no uh, Lord's table, no discipline, none of that. The, the church age has ended. Well, then in verse 16 it said that he causeth all, small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And it was mentioned last time that this mark indicates ownership, and it's in their right hand, as the hand represents the will of a person. And it, it's in their foreheads, as that's where our mind or soul is basically uh, located. Or that's the idea that our thinking goes on inside of our head, in our forehead. And and so you must have the mark of the beast there to indicate you are sold. To Satan. You belong to him. And then, as it says in verse 17, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. If you possess the mark, you can then buy and sell. Now we'll we'll look at um, a verse or two related to buying and selling. But first, let's take a look at at uh, a couple of places where we also read of the mark of the beast. In Revelation 14, it says, beginning in verse 9, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Here, the Lord is indicating if anyone receive that mark, and as we saw, all must receive the mark if they're to buy or sell within the churches and congregations of the world, then if they have that mark, it's guaranteed they will drink of the wine of the wrath of God. Satan, for his purposes, of course there's no literal mark, this is all um, language God is giving us to illustrate that the church, the unsafe people of the world, have been given over to Satan in a big way, and they belong to him. But through this language of an identifying mark, on one hand, it appears, well, um, this is Satan's way of knowing who is his and who isn't. But on top of that, or in addition to that, the mark is useful to God because the Lord then knows which ones to uh, begin to give the cup of his wrath to and all the unsaved drink of the cup of the wine of the wrath of God. In Revelation 16, it says in verse 1, And I heard a great voice out of the temple, saying to the seven angels, Go your ways, and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went, and poured out his vial upon the earth. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men, which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshiped his image again the lord is emphasizing that when it comes time to pour out his wrath when it's judgment day the objects of the wrath of god will be all who have the mark of the beast and uh, th- that's because everyone with this mark is unsafe None of God's people have have this mark. Uh, for instance, in Revelation 15. I'll start reading in verse 1, and we'll read the first couple of verses. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues. For in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast... And over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. In this verse, the Lord is um, showing us the true believers who do not bear the mark of the beast in their hand or in their forehead, but rather they got the victory over the beast and his image and his mark. And uh, this is wonderful language that's indicating that God's people w- were victorious over Satan as he um, had that tremendous period of rule during the Great Tribulation. God's people got the victory over his image, which is the church, the corporate body that became the image bearer of Satan. And God's people got the victory over the number of His name. Now we'll, we'll look at that in a little while in our study as Revelation 13 concludes with the number 666, 666. But again, the Lord's people won. They were victorious over that number and, and now uh, here they are, um, it, it, uh, standing upon the sea of glass having the harps of God. And it's a, a beautiful picture that the Lord is giving us. Okay, uh, let's go back to Revelation 13, verse 17. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. What, is, uh, what does God mean? That no man might buy or sell. Well, as with everything in the Bible... This has a spiritual meaning. And probably the best place to turn in order to find definition for what the Lord is saying here is Isaiah chapter 55. In Isaiah 55, we read in uh, verse 1, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that has no money Come ye, buy, and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. The Lord is likening himself... To a merchant man, who is calling to passersby, uh, "Come, come and and um, taste of my merchandise. Come to the waters," and and of course the gospel is freely given, as God saves men by His grace through His faith, the faith of Christ, and and man contributes nothing to his salvation. So, it, it takes no money. It come, and and you that have no money. Why is that? Why does God speak of someone coming with no money? Because how do we get money? We work in order to earn money. And so the money is really a representation of our work. But you cannot do any. Works in order to obtain God's salvation. And, and therefore his merchandise is freely given. And, and yet he's the merchant man. Come to the waters, he that has no money. Uh, w- uh, no one can actually earn it anyway, although multitudes try, multitudes attempt to earn God's salvation through their own good works. And, and the Bible says, no man is justified by work, so, so come without money, without, uh, any of your own labor or the fruits of your labor. Come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. And, uh, here the Lord is, is, uh, hitting home this point very strongly. Of course, in the world, if you attempt to go to the supermarket and buy um, milk without money, they're going to look at you like you're strange. How can you buy without money? Well, uh, um, God is just using the language of the world, of the merchants of the world, in order to typify the gospel, but... He's very careful, very careful to stress no money because you do no work of any kind to obtain uh, this salvation. Remember what we read in Ephesians chapter 2. It says in um, Ephesians 2 verse 8, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast or glory. We're, we're not saved by our works of any kind. Now, by the way, some people get all twisted and confused and and uh, with the idea of doing good works after salvation. the Bible, is very clear. When it concerns salvation, then the least bit of work is abomination to God. Like the man who picked up a few sticks. If if anyone thinks they're contributing the tiniest little bit of work by accepting Christ, by saying a sinner's prayer, through baptism, through whatever means, the littlest bit, no matter how small, then they have um, perverted the gospel of grace, and there is no salvation because we're saved by grace through faith of Christ, and 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 the the Bible couldn't be clearer and more direct on that matter. No man is justified by the works of the law in the sight of God. But but instead we're justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. All right. So the Bible teaches that absolutely. There there's um, no doubt, no question. It is 100% the teaching of the Bible. But following salvation, after God has saved us, then uh, what what happens? Well. Once we're saved, the Lord gives us a new heart and a new spirit. And uh, in that new heart, in that spirit, we have an ongoing desire to do the will of God. Well, how do you know what the will of God is? How do you know what it is that you, you des- so strongly desire to do? Well, we learn the will of God through the Bible. As we read the Bible... And grow in grace and in knowledge of God, we read of laws and, and God, um, teaches us more and more, uh, concerning the laws of His Word. And for instance, we, if we're a woman, we read that a woman's not to teach. And so the woman, uh, will, will be very careful in that area and, and she won't want, uh, to, um to give any impression that she's teaching or if we're a father then God tells us how to raise our children we're a mother or we learn of the true character of Sunday that it's God's holy day and the Lord would have us remove our foot that is our will from his holy day and and not do the things we would uh, normally desire to do or want to do, but to do things His way and not to seek our own pleasure on the Lord's day. And, and so we, we want to observe the Sunday Sabbath and so on. And maybe we were a liar uh, or perhaps easily spoke lies in the past. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. Where where we would fall into that kind of sin fairly easily, and we weren't too troubled about it. But now we're learning, speak ye, the truth, every man with his neighbor, and there, the Bible is a book of truth. God's um, uh, uh, God Himself is truth, and 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 so we have that new nature, that new heart. We desire. To do the will of God. So we speak truth. We no longer lie. Well, what are these things? As we're learning uh, things that please God, the, the law of God, and we're beginning now to do them. God has given us the ability through his spirit to perform the doing of these things more and more. What are these things? They are good works. The definition of a biblical good work is God commands it and the believer obeys or attempts to obey it. And, and the result is a good work. God says to Abraham, take thy son, thy only son and go offer, offer him for a sacrifice. Very well, Lord. Abraham obeys. It's a good work. And, that's um, a spectacular, good work. I, I guess if we were to think of um, offering our son that that is an incredible act of obedience. Or there's there's the smaller things as I was mentioning, such as not telling that lie anymore and speak rather speaking the truth. But all are good works and when true believers, uh, now strongly desire to do this, well, are they now trying to get saved by their works? It has nothing to do with salvation. It, it's a result of salvation. It's because they are saved. It's because the Spirit of God is within them. I read Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Let, let me read again. Ephesians 2:8 For by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast Okay 100% agreement we we know what God is saying and it's just uh repugnant to the child of God to even consider trying to offer uh, the slightest bit of work we know we're saved by Christ. We're saved by grace through the faith of Christ. Salvation is of the Lord and not of man. And and the child of God loves that idea. We don't want any of our um, filthy works involved polluting and destroying that wonderful grace wherein we stand. But notice verse 10 of Ephesians 2, after God just said, Salvation is not of works, lest people or man boast. Then he says in verse 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, you see how God has put these two ideas together in close proximity, right next to each other, so you can't miss it. So no one can miss what he's saying. That when it comes to salvation, it's all the Lord Jesus Christ. Following salvation, you will be given a new heart and a new spirit. And uh, you, you are becoming that new creature that's what the workmanship is referring to. It's the workmanship of Christ and making us anew and we're created in Christ Jesus, created the new creature unto good works and and now oh yes I, I want to do it God's way. I don't want to lie. if um, even the smallest things, Before, I used to speed like everybody else on the highway. And my only concern was not getting caught. But if you stay with the flow of traffic, if the traffic's going 70 in a 55 mile per hour zone, yet if there's 10, 15, 20 cars flowing along, the likelihood of you being caught is very, very slim. So you go with the flow of traffic. And if you see a policeman off to the side of the road, then you slow down until he passes. In other words, no problem breaking the law. Now, a lot of people try to justify that and say, well, everyone does it. And uh, even the police don't care if you go five miles over or ten miles over. And so there's a lot of uh, just like it's actually a good analogy or or a good representation of the mindset of a sinner. We we justify our sin and other people are doing it. Actually, just about everybody's doing it. So that makes what I'm doing fine. And and you know, if everyone's going 70 and we're right with them, well we compare ourselves amongst ourselves, sinner to sinner, and we don't see the sin. But God doesn't work that way. God says obey the higher powers, and the law says 55. Now, why the law isn't concerned in enforcing that, that's another question. It's beyond the child of God. It's not our concern. All we know is the law says 55, and now, going down the highway, the urge is there, I've driven this way maybe my whole life, but I want to do it God's way. And, and now we're slowing down. Now we're going the speed limit. And people are zooming past this left and right. It, it really is a good picture of how the child of God lives in this world. Because that's a good picture of what happens in so many areas that the world has its ideas and and uh, it's seemingly everyone's on that same page. And, and there's the believer uh, lagging behind, not with it. Oh, we know what we're doing, though. We know what we're doing because God has given us a spirit to submit to him. And, well, that it's a little thing, but it's a good work because we're doing it out of a desire to obey God. If it was our own will, we would we would probably go 70, 75 also. But now we want to obey God. And so that's just a little example that the things that go on in the life of a believer. Sunday Sabbath, no more lying, doing the speed limit, and no longer cursing as we, we might have cursed before. Drinking, smoking, and just all sorts of things that are good works because we're doing it to be pleasing to God. We love Him. He has given us His Spirit. And in that Spirit, we desire to do things His way. And it has absolutely nothing to do with trying to obtain salvation through good works. That is, mixing up two very different doctrines. And often times, it's the case that someone says, when, when a child of God says, well, it's the Sunday Sabbath, or it's not for kings to drink wine, that someone will say, look, brother, we're we're under grace, and that's the law. And so let, let's not bring people under the bondage of the law. And, and that is just a flat out error on their part for mixing the two ideas. Uh, they have it as though we're trying to bring people under the law insofar as salvation is concerned. And, and God forbid. Meganoita is uh, God forbid in the Greek. No, never. The idea is to do things God's way. And that's what God would have us to do. And I'm sorry to say, when people talk about the law, the law, the law, a lot of times they just want to justify their own sinful actions. They want to continue breaking the law and, oh, uh, I'm under the grace of God. Well, it's a very good way of justifying your sin so I can keep drinking, so I can keep doing as I please on Sunday. And so forth. And that's no longer the character of the child of God. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's evening Bible studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over Pal Talk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone.